0: Everyone, this is David. Welcome back behind the velvet rope. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one, the only Miss Sydney Sadik. Hi. What is going on?
1: What isn't going on? I got my Starbucks, which is the only thing that I do every day, and I'm very confident. I have
0: my Starbucks, honey. Look,
1: cheers.
0: Cheers to you too. <laughs> You're, well, I mean that was my first question. I was like, are you in New York? Or are you in the Hamptons?
1: I mean, if we're being technical, I'm in New York. I'm just not in New York City. And I've been here here since March. I'm telling you, I went back to the city twice since then. One of which was when you and I ran into each other outdoors at Match. Yes. I've been pretty low-key.
0: Yeah, like I think I saw a post where you were back like one more time. Do you miss the city?
1: I do. I'm a born and bred New Yorker. I grew up in an apartment. So me living in a house right now, which I'm very thankful for and appreciative for is not my speed you know what I mean all the space all the nature yeah. I'm like sneezing constantly with all the trees this is not you know what I was used to so I do miss it
0: I'm the opposite I mean I I'm a city person too I just miss the Hamptons I wasn't out in the Hamptons at all this summer and like I like I always said because like I've traveled everywhere I've been everywhere to me New York is my number one city, and the Hamptons would be a close second. Like, I'm sorry, I
1: just you're not hate- missing anything. And and some people will like roll their eyes at this, but it feels like Schitt's Creek because it's the same postman, that you know, coffee guy, the candy shop. I'm seeing the same people every day.
0: Well, so you're care. not, you're not missing anything either in New York City. Let me tell you, I don't know if you are speaking to anyone that's here. It's like. Well, I like went to Apple this weekend because I needed a new phone. I'm like, whatever. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll go on Sunday when it opens and nobody's going to be there. I got there like five minutes early. The line was like down the block and around the corner. I'm like, but there's physically nobody in New York. I did not pass one person walking here. I look out my window. I see how are there people at Apple Like, I don't get it. Like, this is more people. There's nobody in the city. Nobody. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to stay here. Like, I just, I have moments, you know, but you've been in the Hamptons.
1: Yeah. I think everyone's just trying to figure it out.
0: I think so. So, yes, I did run into the last time I was in the Upper East Side. Now, we are going to get into, I got a lot of things to talk to you about regarding you like your background and everything. But really before we get to you and all the wonderful things you're doing now, we're gonna talk book and Instagram. I got a lot to say. All right. We're gonna talk about one of the classic Bravo TV shows, New York City Prep. And the reason that I wanted you to be here is cause like to me, you are like you've lived this life. Like you are New York City Prep.
1: And I feel like not everyone knows that. Do you know what I mean? Like the people who have known me or been following me since day one, they knew that I grew up in the city and that I went to this small girls' school and had that very New York life. But for the people who are newer to following me, they don't necessarily know that. So I think it'll be interesting for a lot of people to hear. But NYC Prep was literally the show of my time in high school. I mean, I had so many friends, by the way who actually, like, were appearing in that show. So it brings up a lot of memories.
0: That's what I thought. That's why I asked you. Now, I don't know how I know that you live this life. I just do. I mean, maybe because, like... Well, like, I know, like, Amy Rosenblatt. Like, I feel like I know all the same people you know. Maybe do that's Do you remember?
1: What you maybe probably won't remember this. No, but I remember. I, you know, years ago, we were at an event together, and you had just been on Million Dollar uh,
0: Millionaire Matchmaker. Millionaire
1: Matchmaker. All these million-dollar things. Millionaire Matchmaker and... That was years ago. That was over a decade ago.
0: I remember. Do you remember what event that was? No. Oh, honey. It was a Kardashian's book signing.
1: That's what it was. Oh my gosh. You are so right.
0: <laughs> that was a Kardashian. Now, like for a normal book signing, you show up three to four to five to seven hours early and you're in the front. This was like, I've never gotten turned away from a book signing except for that one. You had it because it was literally Chloe, Kim, and Courtney.
1: If you got turned away, then I definitely got turned away. But I think I just remember- you got turned
0: away too. I think that's how we met. And people yeah. were like, you had to be here like at 3 a.m. to get oh, in.
1: No. The only other book signing that I've waited online for and it actually worked out was Rihanna. But other than that, never Well,
0: <laughs> that's a good one to wait in line for, sweetie.
1: True. And it actually became my first ever blog post that I did back in uh, in high school. So it was worth it. It changed a lot of things for me waiting in that line, but- I'm over it,
0: but that's where we met, yeah. So it was a Kardashian's book setting. And if I was just on Millionaire Matchmaker, that was 2010, so that was probably early 2011 or late 2010.
1: Is that also, when they like, like, also randomly had this picture of my father. Do you remember that? When there was a random picture of my dad on the show, and they were like, He's too old for. This person no. that was your season. It was so funny. He didn't even know. I didn't even know it was going to happen. So, it, yeah, it was a whole. A whole
0: oh, bit. that's I did. We'll see. I did not know this. Yep. But I know Patty really well now, Stella, so, and I know you know her too. So yep. it's like I love her. So somehow I knew that you lived this whole life, and it was like right around the same time as all these people. So, all right. So before we get into you, we're going to break down New York City Prep. Now, did you watch it? You don't have to have watched it because you've lived it. So I do, did. Okay. I watched-
1: religiously every single week a meal pc i wanted to see it all unfold
0: okay so all right well now it's like see i, I always know i asked the right person to be somewhere for the right thing so all right so were you born like in the city or you were born in long island
1: No, in the city born and bred mount sinai hospital went to a very small girls school for 13 years that's my habitat
0: and you grew up on the upper east side
1: on the upper east side yep
0: Well, I mean, I am on the Upper East Side a lot, but I seriously feel like I run into you a good portion of the time that I'm up there. Now, I have never run into outside the Upper East Side. I live in Chelsea. I've never seen you in Soho.
1: I am in Soho all the time. You know what I say? I live uptown. I work midtown and I play downtown. But when I'm downtown, I feel like I'm always going for a purpose. Like I'm going to the restaurant. I'm going to meet a friend. Whereas the Upper East Side is my home. So that's where I'm running my errands and I'm kind of around. So it's different, but we'll have to see. I think that in the next year or so, I will move out of the Upper East Side. Really? That downtown experience, but it's still in my blood.
0: Interesting. I feel, you know, I almost moved to the Upper East Side like before COVID because I go out there all the time and like, I feel like all my friends are up there. It's weird. I had a moment where I'm like, I think I get it. Like it's finally something clicked and I'm like, I get it. Like, I get what.
1: It's residential. Yeah. It has a much more cleaner, tamer vibe, I think. But I'm 26. Like, I want to experience the downtown vibe. Yeah. You need
0: to move to the West Village or Tribeca or Soho. I'm
1: not that cool.
0: (laughs) Well, like, Soho's good for you.
1: Maybe I'm thinking like flat iron, sort of middle, you know, but we'll see. We'll see if I ever leave my mom's house.
0: Well, you should try it at least once. Okay, so you grew up in the city on the Upper East Side going to the Hamptons. Yes. And you like, talk to me. So, how important is it like to get into a certain school? Like, is that just, I mean, it's the Upper East Side life, right? I mean, you go to different high schools and they're all private and it's just that starts when you're young.
1: Before you even know that it's happening, it's happening. I mean, let me tell you, people would be surprised to know this. I was a painfully shy kid growing up. When I was in preschool, everyone thought there was something wrong with me because I never wanted to leave my mom. I hated being around all these kids they always wanted me wearing jeans and pants, but I wanted to wear dresses. Like I just never fit into the school sort of system. So when I was applying to all these private schools around New York, I was a parent's worst nightmare. I hated going on interviews, you know, the top schools like really and Chapin and they're like, come on down the choo-choo train and you know, ride with us and come to the class. And I'm like screaming at five years old, mom, there's no train here. I'm not going on the fake train, I'm not going. And you know, you don't want to embarrass yourself during these interviews, but I didn't care. I did not like that whole experience. I would have been so happy just going to a public school where there was not all this BS and you were competing for slots and being separated from your parents. I hated the whole process. The school that I did end up going to, which is Hewitt, was the one school that was very nurturing to me during that process. And I just remember going in for my interview and it was like a little room inside the bigger room. So I could see my parents talking to the head of admissions and they were clearly like observing me in this micro room. But they never separated me from them and tricked me into thinking I was going on this fake train. So I was like, this is the school for me. And I was there for 13 years and I wore a uniform plaid skirt that was straight out of Gossip Girl. By the way, Gossip Girl was being filmed also during that time as was NYC Prep. And they were filming in the apartment building, Blair's apartment next door to where I grew up. So my friends and I would all go over after school to talk to Ed Westwick and all the different cast members because they wanted to know what it was like to really be one of these prep school kids. So we used to help them. They took pictures with us in return. It was this very weird sort of after-school moment. But yes, there was a lot of pressure to get into one of these private schools. And it's a whole other world.
0: I have Gossip Girl on my list to talk about. So thank you for bringing that up. So I mean, like in your case, were your parents like, okay, you can choose? Like, let's go to see five schools and pick the one you like?
1: Yeah, my mom was very much like that. But I think in this case, when you're applying to these schools, it's really not your... Choice. It is the school's choice at the end of the day. It just so happened that I really loved the school Hewitt and they liked me back. Shape in, which I made a huge scene at at five years old when I was screaming and crying and saying, get me out of here. They kept calling my parents back, bring her back in. We loved her. I'm like, there's no way they liked me. I was like yelling and like nauseous the whole time. There's no way I made a good impression. My mother always said, You will end up at the place that's right for you. I think my father had ideas in his head that certain names were the best. But at the end of the day, the woman is the neck, the man is the head, and the woman can change the neck, the head, any way they want.
0: (laughs) This is true. But I would imagine a lot of kids, like, can't really – like, do a lot of parents not give a children a choice? Like, I would assume they would just be like, you're going to chape it or whatever the best school is, and you're five.
1: Definitely. I think also, like, a lot of those kids who end up at adults and really – many of them are part of families who have been in New York City this whole time. I'm not one of those kids. My mom was born in Pittsburgh – my dad, you know, was born in the Bronx. They both made lives for themselves, were self starters in New York City. So I wasn't born into anything that would have helped. You know what I mean? So it was a little different.
0: And that's a real thing, right? Like if you're fifth generation, whatever your last legacy name is. Kids.
1: Yeah, legacy kids.
0: Interesting So right, so 2009 we have Bravo TV exists, and they come up with the show New York City Prep." Like it was a different time of Bravo. like I feel like they had like the show centered around actual businesses like Millionaire Matchmaker, Workout, Blowout with Jonathan Anton. and then I don't know, I lump Gallery Girls, New York City Prep, and Princesses of Long Island all in the same category. like these three shows that lasted for one season, which we'll get into. One
1: season too short.
0: One season too short. So, but right. I mean, it was based on Gossip Girl. Like it was, listen, we have the Housewives because of Desperate Housewives and the OC with Nisha Barton. True. We have New York City Prep because of Gossip Girl. So I was going to talk about Gossip Girl. So talk to me. So what? They were filming the apartment. Blair Waldorf's was next door. And like, they actually wanted to talk to you for, like, research?
1: They did. They just wanted to know where we went to school and what it was like and how we thought about the uniforms. And, you know, that show was very much filmed in our neighborhood. So I think that's why Gossip Girl did work out so well, because it was so real. Like, the places sitting on the steps of the Met, my APR history class, we went to the Met, you know, every single week for class, going to San Ambrose. That was such a real life indication of the places we went to the drama not necessarily i never had that crazy of a high school experience but the places and how we dressed that was all very accurate
0: did you watch you watch gossip girl
1: watched it religiously i'm so excited for the reboot i mean honestly but pc from nyc prep really was like the ed westwick character growing up
0: i could see that
1: yeah and pc did really have that like vibe about him that every girl sort of wanted to know him or wanted to know about him he had that um and I think that you know the Ed Westwood character very much relied heavily on that kind of a
0: and like did like Leighton Meester like I mean that would Blake Lively too like they would come and say like you know
1: not Did as much them. It was more the boys, like Chase Crawford at Westwick, but uh, we saw the girls when we would see them. They were really always outside of our neighborhood every day for months, like years. You know, the show was on for what, six years?
0: Well, that's what I loved about the show. Like it was the New York scene. You're just like, these are the real places people go. Are you guys as confused about me regarding all the contradictory information out there about how to eat healthy? Just cut out carbs and that's healthy eating. Reduce your salt, that's healthy eating. Don't eat after 6 p.m., that's healthy eating. Well, what if I go to bed at 4 a.m.? Am I still not supposed to eat after 6 p.m.? So confusing. Enter Noom. Noom makes sense because it is based in psychology. It teaches you What to eat and how to eat it to accomplish your personal health goals. They look long term. It's not about that one thing you just ate now, it's about long term and changing your eating habits. And that is why for me, Noom worked. When I started using Noom, my goal was to eat better, to feel better, to understand my cravings, to have more energy, fit it in with some exercise. And really just reduce the stress in my life. And Noom accomplished all of that. What I love is it teaches you about eating. It doesn't just say eat this and eat that. It takes 10 minutes a day. It's so easy to use. You log your food. It's nice to see the progress. You log your food and see the progress as you chart it. And it really works with my lifestyle because I'm so freaking busy. It's not like a rigorous plan. It's just changes my habits overall. It's based in psychology. It makes complete sense. And here's the thing. They're a very forgiving program. So if you cheat today, we can't turn the clock back. It's okay. These guys are great to deal with. And they're so much fun to deal with. And it has really changed how I eat. Now, here's the deal. Noom. N O O M. Sign up for your trial today at noom with an M dot com slash velvet. Yes, you can sign up for your trial today at noom, N O O M as in Mary dot com slash velvet. Trust me, there's a science to getting healthier. It's called noom. I feel better. I have more energy and I see the results. And I just, this is a lifestyle change. Noom.com slash velvet. Sign up for your trial today. You're welcome guys.
1: Yes, but MIC prep, like that's just a different level because I would see friends of mine actually in the episodes, you know, just being at the same places. And uh, I think I was a freshman at that point and PC and the cast were all seniors. And I happened to just be going out with one of PC's best friends at the time. So it was just a lot of stuff unfolding. At that do
0: you point. remember when? So, I mean, I remember like when they were casting because I was like, what can be better than Gossip Girl, but like a reality yeah. version? Like, do you remember when they were casting? Like, was there I a do. buzz?
1: I think there was some sort of email or Facebook group. I don't remember exactly, but something was going around and we all knew about it. All the girls were like, oh, look at this show. Um, No one I knew had actually applied to be on, but it went around. It circulated.
0: And you never contemplated
1: it? Never. Never, ever, ever. That's like what you do to destroy your chances of getting into college in my book.
0: We're going to talk about that, too. So that really, like, there was nothing. Like, you were never even... Because you were over being a shy kid at that point.
1: At that point, I was definitely not shy. But no, I just... I, I was a freshman. The kids who they were really focusing on were older, were junior, senior, So it didn't even feel right.
0: Well, now, before we get to the actual cast... So, I mean, listen, it was, like, the life of, like, six wealthy teenagers or privileged... And it was showing them, you know, they didn't show them in school, which we have to, that's another thing we're going to get to. But it showed them like going to weekend parties, shopping sprees, going to New York Fashion Week, charity events, dinner parties. Like, I mean, this was normal, right?
1: It was normal. That was very much what was going on. I mean, There were young committees for different organizations, like Operation Smile was the organization to be a part of during that time. I think they filmed during it and I was at that event, but listen, growing up in New York, it exposes you to so much so soon. And with that comes a lot of opportunity. Listen, I've not seen anyone from the cast since that show. I don't know where they all are. It would be amazing to do a, where are they now? Because I'm genuinely curious.
0: Well, sweetie, we're going to, we're going to do one right here today for you. (laughs) Perfect. We're going to do one. Um, well, I mean, okay, so like this was your life and you're saying this was accurate, like Gossip Girl, other than the drama and New York City prep, it was relatively accurate, right?
1: Relatively accurate in terms of the places, the schools, the events, the debutante balls, all of that, yes. The actual storylines, of course, those are all made up. But in terms of the general setting, accurate.
0: And New York City prep, accurate.
1: Yeah, accurate. Accurate.
0: So now you live this life. Like, did you ever realize? Like, did you think this was? I mean, listen, it's it's a normal life. I'm not not normal is not the right word. But did you ever realize that this was not the life that many people in the world were living? Not when
1: you're going through it. You're so sheltered, and you think that what you're doing is what everyone's doing. But as soon as I graduated high school and went to GW for college, and was surrounded by more people. Then you realize it. I was always a very, you know, not a bratty kid at all. So I was very appreciative. I had great parents who kept me grounded. I was number one drinking and partying. I was very part of the scene, but I always sort of did my own thing at the same time. And I was working. I was very focused. So for me, college wasn't exactly a wake-up call like it was for most of these kids. But for me, it was a way to say we don't live the way that most people do. People come to New York, you know, New York City for vacations. They don't come here to live. They don't get it that we all live in these small buildings or go to very, you know, these schools that look like, dollhouse. Yeah. It's a very weird thing that you don't notice until you're sort of removed.
0: Right. Like, I mean, I always ask, like, anyone that has, like, famous parents that's been on this show, I ask. It's the same thing. Like, or I have, like, someone on, like, Karen Gravano from Mob Wives, her father, Sammy the Bull. Like, her life was the mob. Like, you don't realize your life is different. It's your life until you, until one day. So exactly. it really, I, yeah, and I'm, there's no shade. I'm just saying like, so you didn't really realize it until you went to college. That's Definitely. when you caught it. And
1: even now when I'm dating, I mean, I'm really not dating, but like the dating apps, when they're like, oh my God, you're from New York City. You're like a rare unicorn. I mean, I think it's still a very weird thing to people who didn't share that experience. It's like, who are you?
0: And you know, most kids like don't, go to, like, private schools because either they don't or they live in, like, the suburbs where you don't need to. Like, the schools are really good.
1: Right, like, Scarsdale High School is, like, an incredible public school. My brother, oh, though, by the way, he went to a public school in New York City, PS6, which is incredible. It was on Sex in the City. You know, it's just different. Different trends, different times, what was acceptable, what was not, you know?
0: Yeah, well, I'm intrigued by it all. I think, you know, so that's probably why they made this show... And so what I thought also similar to The Hills, because I think this also, you know, The Hills was similar, is you just don't see the school scenes, which I, they, they, they couldn't film in the school. In fact, one of the schools, I have to find it, sent an email out to all the parents, like, yeah. beware.
1: I think it was Brearly.
0: Yes. Or Nightingale.
1: Well, Nightingale it was Nightingale.
0: Yes, it was Nightingale. It was yeah. Nightingale. Dorothy Hutcherson from Head of Nightingale sent an email to, like, We don't condone this, and this show is being made. So I guess you can't go in the schools. I mean, that makes sense.
1: Yeah, the schools are super private. They are not about, you know, this public sort of perception of what they are or what they're not. So it would definitely never be allowed.
0: Well, let's say that, like, you wanted to be on the show, and you went and you got it. I mean... I, in a way, I don't even understand how this show was made. Like, you would have to get your parents, I assume, to sign off on the contract. Well, yeah, I, don't I actually know can. that for a fact, because I know someone who... Ha- I'll get into that. But, like, if you wanted to be on this and brought a contract to your parents where they have signed it...
1: Mine, personally? I don't know. I I don't know. I think maybe if it was really what I wanted to do and I was coming at it from an angle of focusing on me as the teen who's focused on my career and that kind of a thing. But if they knew exactly how NYC Prep had really turned out, maybe not.
0: Yeah. You know, so it showed a lot of this fast-paced life. You know, I mean, it didn't really show sex or drugs per se or alcohol because that would be, now we'd get into some illegal categories. Yes. But I mean, it kind of did, and not in so many ways.
1: Yeah. I mean, listen, underage drinking, drug use, that's something that we see all around the world. I never would partake in it. I don't even drink today as a 26 year old, but it was definitely around and it was uncomfortable. And for me, I would always leave, you know, house parties if I felt like things were getting out of control. But it did happen. It's still happening today. I think these things will still happen going forward. But listen, it's not like in the suburbs where we have to drive to get somewhere. We can all take taxis. There wasn't even Uber back then, but you could walk. You had instantaneous accessibility to people and places. Most you know, wealthy parents didn't really focus, not to make a huge generalization, but they don't focus on their kids as much as we see. And areas outside of new york city because they're all busy with their lives that's not how i grew up but i saw that amongst a lot of my peers so they would leave their apartments and kids would throw house parties and that's what went on but it wasn't rare like that's what everyone was doing
0: do you think it's more prevalent like drugs and alcohol in new york because it's new york that it's fast paced or do you think if you take a really wealthy community like scarsdale like my family lives in scarsdale like you know that's It's wealthy, so it's the same thing. Or do you think it's just as prevalent there, it's just at the houses?
1: I think it's just as prevalent there. I think probably even more in suburban communities just because there's not as much to do. I mean, in the city, like, everyone was sneaking into clubs. They were going into, like, the Pink Elephant and to Greenhouse. I mean, was I at one of those clubs? I must have been there, but it was probably for, like, a bat mitzvah or something. I don't see myself sneaking in. You never know. But, yeah, I think just at that age, kids are experimenting which they, I don't think they should be, but they did. And if they have the accessibility to open space, drugs and alcohol, a lot of times they do it. And that doesn't really matter where you are, as long as you just have the space. That's what I would see I, everywhere.
0: So you mean the night that I ran into you at the Regency, you were not drinking? Like you don't drink?
1: I, I really don't. Once in a while in a blue moon, I will take Oh my a glass, god! White wine. Like, but I'm telling you, I think I take a glass of white wine maybe three times a year. I don't crave it. I don't like the taste. I don't like the feeling. I don't like it that when I go on dates, you feel like you have to have a drink in order to be your real self. That's not me. I want to see the person when they're on their cappuccino. <laughs> well,
0: let me tell you, I've become sober in quarantine. Like, I, this is how I've realized I'm not an alcoholic. It's quarantine. Like, I have had like maybe four, like, I just, I don't drink it. Like there's nothing wrong with drinking at home. I just have no, no interest. I realize I'm just a social girl.
1: Simple. Yeah. yeah. You got to stay true to yourself. You know what I mean?
0: But I wasn't sure. I questioned my alcoholism before when I was at the Regency four nights a week and having like two or three martinis. Now I realize it's just, yeah, like two or three. Like- oh, with
1: that group you need to at the Regency. Come on. Those are some big personalities who are at that bar. You need to drink it away.
0: You need to, yes, you do. Uh. But now I realize I'm not, like I have no interest in grabbing a drink at home. I just, the thought of it makes me like, oh, so I yeah. get it. Do your drinks, do your dates, not to skip around, we'll come back to you in your dating life. Do your dates want you to drink? Because when I go on a date with someone, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? You're not drinking. I mean, I don't say that, but I think. It. Right.
1: You're like thinking it. Yeah. I think they get a little weirded out. I mean, listen, I'm not like, trying to say like I never get a glass once in a while I will but they're like you never drink it every single person says that you barely drink it I say you know what like three sips four sips like it's enough you know what I mean I'm such a lightweight it's fine but yeah I think it definitely makes some people uncomfortable especially the younger guys because they're a lot more insecure the older guys Mm. they're more sure who they are so they're not as intimidated by the fact that someone might be doing something different
0: wait I have another question So you remember when the show was being cast, there was a buzz. You had no interest in being on it. None. So, okay. So our cast, Camille Hughes. I don't know if you know yes, all these Camille. people. Yeah, Yep. You know, so, and I also love, so she went, she went to the Nightingale School on the Upper East Side. And her whole thing was she had to get into Harvard. That was her thing in life. So that's the other thing too. It's not just that these are privileged children that are it's let's have sex and drugs it's school is a really big part of it too right it's a really it's like competitive with like grades and everything it's like they want it all
1: they want it all
0: so we have camille right so college and that all is all important you knew camille or you knew of her
1: I never had met Camille. The only one who I'd actually met was PC. The rest of them, who are the others? Camille?
0: Jessie Levitt. She went to the Dwight School. Jesse have-
1: Levitt. Of course Jesse went to my school. She went to Hewitt, but when she was on the show, she had transferred to a different school. so I've known Jessie. Yeah. She transferred Not to the well. Upper
0: West Side, baby. She did. <laughs> we had we have some upper we have Upper West Side representation here on New York right. City Prep. Good. Then there was Kelly Birch Hassoff, who went to the Lennox school and her parents live in the Hamptons. To your point, the parents are not around. Her and her brother lived in the apartment alone.
1: There you go. So was Sebastian another one on there?
0: Well, Sebastian Oppenheim, he was next. He went to the Ross school. He was like- Yeah,
1: he dated a friend of mine.
0: He was like kind of, he was the stud of the show.
1: He was the stud. He was.
0: How common is it? Like, it's common that a lot of parents will just be in the Hamptons or traveling the world and the kids will live alone.
1: Definitely. And that's why they're growing up so quickly and too quickly. But we see that all the time.
0: So, like, kids at, like, 14 will come home from school to, like, a A 5,000-square-foot house. A nanny. Or apartment. Yeah, at a nanny.
1: Yeah. I mean... A lot of these kids, I think, are closer with their nannies than they are with their parents. That's what's so interesting about this time during quarantine is that so many kids are with their parents more than they've probably ever seen them in their whole lives. (laughs) Uh,
0: Probably. Probably, and they either love it or they hate it.
1: One of the two.
0: It's just like you come home to a huge apartment and there's a nanny who really leaves you alone. It's like, why not just get into trouble?
1: I guess so. I, it's so odd. Like, I I don't know why so many kids go to that answer. For me, like, I was like, you know, that was never my home, by the way. But I don't know. I, I think kids, like, who really just focused on the partying element really missed a big opportunity in what.
0: In everything else. In
1: New York. You know what I mean? We have so much that the city offers. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, also, I must say, Kelly, Kelly, who I just mentioned, she was actually cast by Miss Allie Shapiro, Jill's Aaron's daughter. Really? They, well, they went to a casting together, and then Kelly, I guess, got it on the spot and went home to her parents, and is like, "Oh, by the way, Allie took me to a casting because Jill's on whatever, yeah. and I need you guys to sign this, and I'm going to be on a reality show." Like the whole thing. Like they gave her like a day to sign it, which that's
1: and they shock. did. And she did.
0: Her parents were like, sign it. And then, yes, Sebastian was the stud. And then Taylor Giovanni. I don't even really remember much about her, but That's she went to Stuyvesant. She went to Stuyvesant and she was like, she kind of liked Sebastian, but she liked another guy, Cole. Right. I don't know if you remember her. I she know was,
1: who Cole is. Cole's still relevant. He's still around. I've seen him out in the Hamptons. He's gone out with someone I know.
0: Really? Yeah. And then there was PC, who, yeah, to your point, I never thought of that. He is like the Chuck Bass Ed Westwick character.
1: He definitely is.
0: The wait is over. That's right. A season five of The Kardashians is here. Just when you thought life couldn't get any faster, they're punching it into overdrive. Chris, Courtney, Kim, Khloe, Kendall, and Kylie are back
1: Whether it's vapes as big as your head, flowers you won't find in your mom's garden, or of course, popsicles that get you high as What are you waiting for? Go to Indicloud.co slash Spring24 and get discreet delivery on top shelf THC products. Head over to Indicloud.co slash Spring24. That's co.com to snag 30% off your first order.
0: I never understood it. Like I was always about Chase Crawford. I was always about Sebastian. I didn't understand the allure uh, of Chuck Bass, or of PC as...
1: No, I get it. I definitely get it. Not with PC today, but PC then. Like, I think he just had this very, like, mature way about him that so many boys didn't have at that point. Huh. I don't know. Like, he exuded, like, a level of confidence that was, like, mysteriously interesting, if that makes sense.
0: Interesting. Well, he also, during the show, too, like, came out as bisexual.
1: He did. He did. Which
0: I don't know if that is true or not, but that was his stance. I
1: think it's true. I've heard it, and I think he's married right now
0: we're gonna when we get it to her where are they now we have We have Sorry. an update. we have an update. this is by the minute update. We have a just in update today I love it um, but right, so I mean like they were going on winter break to Mexico, and I mean that's all that's all, but that's not like you understand like most kids at fourteen or fit in high school are not like. they wait for their parents to say we're going to Florida this year, or they're not just like my spring break is coming up and we're all flying on whatever airplane to
1: Cabo. I mean, that was also never me. We always, as a family went away, but I do think that, you know, these kids felt that they had the access to be able to say, this is what I want to do. And it was easier for the parents to say yes, but no, I mean, but it's not normal. I know it's not. I think it's a very niche group of people and you know what? I don't think things seem as crazy today as it did then. Do you know what I mean? Because there's so many other crazy stuff going on in the world. Like maybe people don't look at that as being so as insane as they did 10 years ago.
0: Because oh, right. they didn't
1: have Instagram at the time of MYC prep and gossip girl. But you know I mean? Now everyone sees everything. So it's not as shocking. But then because there was no social media really, that Facebook to sort of document that world that felt like it was so foreign uh, yeah, I
0: know. I mean, that makes sense. But I mean, also, like, uh, five people after school going into St. Ambrose, you're not drinking, but you're going to eat whatever you want and take a bite out of it and not like it and get more food. And the bill's going to come and it's going to be like $200 each. It's St. Right. Ambrose, let's face it. That's not, and you're just throwing down credit cards. That's not like what most kids are. Again, yeah. this is no shade. I'm just no, saying, I like,
1: know. it's a lo- definitely a lot of privilege. A lot of access. It's a lot of everything. It's true. It's a very, it's a bubble. It's definitely a bubble. And the only bubble somewhat close to it is Beverly Hills.
0: Yes. It's a bubble. And I don't think most kids, I mean, again, you almost can't realize it because you're in it. But I don't think most kids like realize it. Or did you go to school with certain people who were like crusaders and they were, you know, there's always those kids in school like that are. I don't even know what you would call them, just the, the crunchy granola ones that are that understand the world and are for a cause.
1: I really will say that I think the kids who I went to school with, the girls were not this out-of-touch group that we, like, saw on the show, honestly. I think something about my school grounded everybody, everyone, which they were just good people. There was none of that, really, like, focusing on money, money, money. But we were all friends with the other schools, and we would get together for school dances, so we would be with the other private school kids. And you could see it more in the other schools. But honestly, my friends, the ones who I'm still friends with today, everyone is really, like, not like that, honestly.
0: How did you know PC?
1: Because these school dances and I was going out with a guy. I don't know if PC would say, like, he knows me. I'm sure he probably would say, oh, I know who she is. But we have a mutual connection. Someone who I was hooking up with in high school who PC used to be very good friends with, and it was like very scandalous at the time because I was a freshman and he was a senior and it was very messy. But it was through the
0: side. Interesting. So part of me doesn't understand how the show got made, but I guess it makes sense, right? Like parents designed. I,
1: I thought it was so good.
0: <laughs> Did you like I mean, and you said you saw like a lot of friends of yours in the background? Like you would just watch a scene and be like, Oh, there's so and so.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, from a very early, I feel like the first episodes. I mean, everyone knows of each other, even if we don't know one another, we know. Of each
0: right. Other.
1: It's a small community.
0: It is. Well, when it came out, the, cri- the the reception to it, like the critics and people, believe it or not, they actually weren't. People were less like, "Oh my God, look at how crazy these kids are." It was more this show is boring because you can't show sex, actual sex, and you can't show actual drinking and drugs. And then they made the comparison to Gossip Girl. And they're like, we would rather, and this is like critics, like New York Times. They're just like, Gossip Girl is the guilty pleasure because Chuck and Blair are having sex and doing lines and all this. And they really were like, New York City prep is too tame. That was a lot of, the. I mean, yes, it got panned for like vapidness, and privilege, yeah. and all that. But it really, a lot of the reviews were like, this is the Tamer Gossip Girl, and why are we watching this? We it was like watch- a lot
1: It was a lot for the people in New York who like knew what was really going on, but it wasn't enough for just the public who didn't really understand, because it never got there fully. So that makes sense of why they thought it wasn't enough to be there for others to enjoy, versus just people like myself who were like, I know that person, or I go to that place. That familiarity is not enough to keep a show around.
0: Now, What do you think it is about, like, the Upper East Side? Because we also have Cruel Intentions. I mean, we have a lot of other things, but look at Cruel Intentions, the movie, with, like, Ryan Felipe and Reese Witherspoon.
1: I just think the Upper East Side... Sorry, it just froze. What was the question? Oh, no. Um,
0: What, like, why do you think people are so intrigued about Upper East Side youth?
1: Life?
0: Yeah. I think
1: because it's a little scandalous. It's glamorous. It's not normal. It's very much seems like it's a bubble that's hard for others to get into. So when things are exclusive, I think people are more curious. And it's money. I think people are fascinated by money. I think so. Simply put,
0: was there anything on New York City Prep that stood out to you as like, no, that's so not the way it is. Or you're like, no, this is pretty accurate. You know, other than some of the minor scenarios.
1: Yeah, I don't remember it, honestly, like exactly the different episodes. I really, I don't remember, honestly. But I don't remember ever thinking like, this is so ridiculous.
0: And same with Gossip Girl, other than like, you know, the drama and everything, like you thought it was pretty accurate.
1: Accurate, yeah.
0: I mean, I thought so.
1: Yeah.
0: They were both great shows. Did you prefer one or the other, New York City Prep or Gossip Girl?
1: Probably Gossip Girl, just because, like, the storyline was constantly evolving. And the fashion was incredible. Patricia Field with these incredible clothes. It was fun to sort of see our uniform skirts on celebrities. And, you know, they were, it was always a fascination, really, who was Gossip Girl. Every season, you kept wondering who was it, who was it, who was it? Who was it? So it always kept you on your toes. And for that, I loved it.
0: And you had the parents. I mean, Kelly Rutherford, like... Yep. You had great parents. Like, you didn't see the parents in New York City Prep.
1: You didn't, for a reason. The parents wouldn't be caught dead on that show. But it was true. You saw more of, like, the family life in full. But it was a great show. I'm very curious to see what the reboot's gonna be like.
0: I think, I mean, so, right. So that's the thing. Like, do you think either of these shows would stand up today. I mean, I know we're going to find out with Gossip Girl. You know, listen, the whole social media thing, like you said, that's a whole different animal.
1: Yeah. I think that with a show like that today, it would not make as much of an impression, to be honest with you. Because again, the shock factor's gone. I also think the kids are so much more concerned about perceptions in colleges and it just wouldn't be accepted today. Also with things like, you know, with our state of our country and the politics and BLM, like all of these things going on, I just don't think it would be acceptable. You know what I mean? And with the pandemic and like exuding all this money and privilege at a time when people are really suffering, it wouldn't translate well for anybody, including the network. So I don't think it's show like MIC prep is coming back, but I do no. think the Gossip Girl, it does have an attempt and a, a way to still make an impression because of the fact that they'll be able to incorporate social media and like I don't know what angle they're going for with the spinoff, but I just think there's more room to sort of be relevant in the storylines today versus NYC prep, which is just like kind of been there for done that.
0: I mean, that's what I was going to say. Like with New York city prep, it's real light. So I don't know how you could show, forget about the, I mean, they were all white. Let's just start with that and know, privilege.
1: Yep. Who's
0: going to watch that? It's so against type. I assume the new gossip girl is going to have diversity. I mean, I don't see how they can, I don't and know there how. There
1: should be. Like, there really was diversity in my school. We had a great grade of mixed girls from every different backgrounds and races and ethnicities. I mean, we were. It was a melting pot. That didn't happen until very late, until, like, middle school. But, you know, it was different. People weren't as mobile when we were in lower school. You would have to rely on your parents. Not every parent can commute and take their kids to school from the different boroughs. So there's lots of different things that contribute, you know? Right. But um, at the end of the day, we had a very diverse graduating class, and that's what should be represented on these shows if they are going to try to mimic what really goes on.
0: With everything going on in the world and all the technology around us, I used to find it so hard to disconnect, turn my mind off, and relieve stress. Well, not anymore. Unidragons wooden puzzles have solved all of that. They are the highest quality puzzles. All the parts have their own unique shape. They're not like your average puzzle. And in fact, they actually become collectible works of art. They're fabulous and memorable designs and images. They have animals too, tigers, wolves, pandas, unicorns, and so many others. These are not your average puzzle. Laser cutting is used. So all the parts perfectly fit together and is such high quality. It's great for myself, but I've used it for so many gifts for friends and family unit dragons puzzles have changed my life. So listen. You guys need to head over to unidragon.com and use my code VELVETROPES and you get 10% off your first purchase. That's right. Just by listening to this podcast, head on over to unidragon.com. That's unidragon.com. Use my code VELVETROPES and you get 10% off your first purchase. These puzzles are intellectual. They're high-end. They're stimulating. They've changed my life. I think, I mean, again, I don't see how Gossip Girl could come back without... A diverse cast. No. I just.
1: If Housewives can do it, Gossip Girl can do it.
0: Do you watch reality TV? You don't have to. I don't think you do.
1: (laughs) It's so interesting. I really don't. I feel like my life can get to be so crazy sometimes, and like there's always moving characters, and I'm always moving around, obviously pre COVID, that I don't find other people's drama to be entertaining. But I do think I am going to start Salt Lake City. Housewives, because I am just curious what sort of the vibe is, but I'm not really into reality TV. I'm not.
0: That's what I would have thought.
1: Why? Good observation. Why?
0: <laughs> See, I knew all about where we met. I already I knew your whole backstory that you grew up on the Upper side. It's not like I did research. I just knew this. I don't know how people don't <laughs> know that about you. Um you. I don't know. I could just tell you don't even though we met at a Kardashian's book signing that was more for your blog, which you started in high school. But even that, like most high schoolers are not doing a blog on fashion and lifestyle. I mean, if they are, they're not like at a book signing where the Kardashians are.
1: Yeah. I mean, listen, I never went to summer camp. I never went on teen tours. I went to what I call nerd camp at Harvard and I was trying to build a brand from a very young age. So my focus was always sort of different than my friends. And I think that's why When I got to college, I felt like I was home because I was meeting kids who really I related to on levels beyond just money. And those are my best friends today.
0: You were always into building a brand even when you were young, which is kind of ahead of your time because that's before influencers technically. True, true. That just was always your mod, like mindset.
1: I think I just always had the mindset of start young. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I I watched my parents and it took years for them to get to the place that they wanted to be in. Good things in life take time. And I felt that, you know, what else should we be doing now? If I want to get into a good college, if I want to get on the right career path, start young and have those thoughts early. And that's what I've always done.
0: Why do you think New York City Prep only lasted for one season, nine episodes?
1: Probably the kids wouldn't sign back on because their schools were threatening to kick them out. They were nervous about getting into college. They probably couldn't figure out what the next storyline should be. I mean, to have kids on who are 18 and under, maybe 17, that's very hard to achieve. You know, I think if they did like more about where they are now and showing sort of how they grew up, maybe that's a different angle, but it's too hard. They're too young.
0: Well, I have to say, and then we're going to get into right now to the, where are they now? They really don't, I have to say, want to, like, I have a ton of people on this podcast currently on tons of shows and I have lots of people from the past. This cast doesn't really want to, like, they're not riding on the coattails of like, hey, look at me. I was on this show. No,
1: they want to pretend it ever happened.
0: Yes, they do. They do. I
1: don't necessarily know why. Like, I think every decision you make in life, you have to just sort of embrace. And even if you poo poo it, at least you're like, you know what, that was a moment in that point in my life. This is where I am now. It's hard once you're in the public eye to just say that never happened and I never want to talk about it again.
0: I always have a weird thing. It's just my own insecurity. Like, when I interview people from the past shows, I am always fair. I'm like, of course we're going to talk about your new projects. I always, like, plug. I get how it works. But I'm always, like, I'm waiting for someone to say to me, like, shut the fuck up. (laughs) Because I'm talking, like, like when you were on, like, Miami Housewives, sorry, that's why you're here. We're going to talk about 15 minutes of other stuff, but, like, it never happens. People are happy to talk about it. But this cast, and the cast of Gallery Girls, too, they don't, they want to be left alone. Those are the two casts, more than anything.
1: I think because most of these people, again, have come from backgrounds where they are already known in their communities. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Families. Who are known, you know, in Gallery Girl's careers, So they feel that they have more to lose.
0: Yeah. My whole team has tried. No one seems to want to chat. But Camille did not get into Harvard. She was rejected. Yes. And she went to William and & Mary. And she graduated in 2014 with a degree in neuroscience.
1: Who would have thought?
0: And is now in California at a vegan wellness...
1: She really ran away.
0: She's, she's, and she says she's happy in California and like, just, you know, it's a slower pace and she got more in touch with herself. Jessie, who you know, is, she's still in New York as an investment analyst. She went to FIT.
1: Yeah. I see her around or I used to see her around at like Via Quadrono and Santa Rosa and she would also be in Palm Beach. Um, Yeah. So she's here.
0: Well, listen, if you're not seeing someone on the Upper East Side, it's either the Hamptons or West Palm Beach.
1: By one of the two
0: <laughs> like not to stereotype but kelly who interviewed through ali shapiro went to the new school and had a song gave up on love which made it on the dance charts
1: wow good for her yay
0: so bravo to <laughs> her sebastian we saw a few years ago he was the bartender at watch what happens live he was the intern at watch what happens live he, he no, intern- can
1: you please send me that
0: I will send it to you. He, well, he wasn't the bartender. He, he interned, legitimately interned at Watch What Happens. And they made him the bartender one night. I will send you that. So he did not leave the Bravo fit. He just, I guess, he wanted to get into like TV and media, but he is now married. And he's in, yeah, he's, he's married and he's in real estate. They live in the city, I think. I'm pretty sure.
1: Married. That's young.
0: Their apartment looks, because I've talked to him on Instagram before, the apartment looks normal, like nothing. I don't think he married, like, I'm just making this up based on pictures. I think, like, he married just, like, you know, a regular person. I don't think it was any, I don't think he ever
1: came from, like, this immense world of privilege. I think he was pretty, you know.
0: I think so. So I think he married someone. He looks very happy.
1: Right. Is he so (laughs)
0: Yes. No. He's. You would see him and be like, "He's cute. He is cute. He's just not like." Like I'm trying to think of someone who's like really cute. He's not like really cute, cute. But he's not like
1: Bradley Cooper's gonna like. Right. now But
0: you would see him and then you're gonna text me and say like, "There's something wrong with you and this is why you're single because he's."
1: No, probably not because I'm also a tough critic, so probably not.
0: Yeah, he's like normal cute. Like, there's nothing wrong with him. If you fell in love with him and got married, he's that type. But. He looks like a nor, but he was at Watch What Happens interning for Andy.
1: How the Tables Turn.
0: How the Tables Turn. Taylor joined Twitter. There's someone from Gallery Girls like this too. Joined Twitter, never tweeted once, no updates. She wants nothing, yeah. like silent. Not on social media, has vanished, just vanished.
1: Scarred for life, apparently.
0: Doesn't want to be found. And who's not on Instagram? Like, so
1: weird. She's definitely on there in like a shady way.
0: And then PC, who I guess he has money. He's the son of a billionaire, the Blackstone group. Yeah. He did get married. So you're partly correct. Tiffany Trump was the flower girl. Right. And he married his really good friend. And they made a statement that they don't have sex, never had sex, never will have sex. This was all, like, in the public, and they're just best friends, and they were talking about this for years, and they got married in 2018 with Tiffany Trump as the flower girl, the open relationship, and then in 2020, I don't, I think it was during COVID. Like, I don't know when they have, she's filed for divorce. She did
1: file for divorce. Maybe she found someone to actually marry who wants to be married to her. Or,
0: like, have sex. So. That's
1: what I'm saying. That's so odd.
0: I don't really understand it. Like, I understand being lonely during COVID and, like, move on in for three weeks or something. But they got married in 2018 just to say that we're best friends and we're not going to have sex, like, right from the beginning. It's not like this marriage that's going wrong.
1: I'm not judging. I just think it's really weird and I would never do it.
0: (laughs) It's not for me. Exactly. I mean, at this point, if I'm still single, I'm not marrying someone I don't have sex with. Me neither.
1: I'd rather be single.
0: Me too. Um, so what was I gonna say? I guess so. I mean, it was a good show. You loved it. You miss it.
1: I don't miss it. I feel like I'm giving getting like nostalgic vibes right now where I want to like go back and watch it. Um, but I think it had a good run. And I think it's now on to the next.
0: It's on to the next, and we will, when Gossip Girl comes out, you'll come back on when we'll talk oh, about Oh,
1: I it. will, and I'll definitely be watching that from start to finish. I loved Emily in Paris. By the way, I felt it kind of gave off, like a Amazing. Gossip Girl sort of vibe. Do you know what I mean by that? Like, my brother's like, it's not like Gossip Girl at all. I mean that it focused on the fashion. It had the social media component. Everyone was young and beautiful and, like the Genesee Quad, like Paris, you know, like, it just it had a very luxury vibe that we saw in Gossip Girl. And
0: my I don't know if it was filmed in Paris, but it certainly felt it like it. Was
1: I think you it was. You think so? I think so. It felt too real.
0: I didn't know if, like, the inside scenes were, but even the inside, like, the office, you're like, yes, this is what working at an advertising agency in Paris feels like.
1: What was it called? Boudoir?
0: It was phenomenal. <laughs> it was an amazing, but Darren Star... Do you watch Younger, that show? I don't
1: watch Younger, but I've heard great things. But Darren Star can do no wrong because of everything else he's done to me.
0: So. No wrong. All right, so let's talk about you. So you grew up on the Upper East Side, going to the Hamptons. Your father is, a, this is a non-sponsored plug, everyone. Your father is a very famous dermatologist.
1: Who well, I don't.
0: Say it again. I think you cut out uh, for a second. Just... Now oh, I, I said you.
1: You, I don't vote to him, but one day I will need to, but. Botox free. Twenty six years for now. Really,
0: you have good skin for being botox I free. Do.
1: Never, I, never have I ever.
0: I am not botox free. Does She's your father? Does your father say don't do anything? You need to wait.
1: No, he's not really like that. He's all about like botox to it preventatively but I don't agree with him. And my mother is 60 and has never had an ounce of Botox and her skin looks great. Really? I'm not saying that I'm going to be like her and never do it. I just don't want to do it now and wait until like, I actually need to do it right now. I'm confident in my own skin.
0: I didn't. Well, that's good. I didn't do it at 26 either. 30. Yeah. I did. 30 is what I started. But-
1: 30 is a new decade, but my 20s, I'm trying to keep the Botox free.
0: Well, you're very young. And listen, anyone that doesn't do any of this, I've always said this on this show, I don't look down on you. It's the exact opposite. Like, bravo for being yeah. comfortable and whatever size. Like, I just, bravo. I wish that that was me, really. Unfortunately, I don't have that gene and I'm not that confident. But I don't and, think there's
1: anything bad about it either way. Like, whatever makes you feel the best about you, it's no one's place to decide what's good for you. Like, my mom, she always, like, you're never getting Botox. I'm like no, that's not your decision to make. You made that choice for you. If I feel there's a moment in time where I want it, I will get it. But it's totally. not anyone's choice but my own.
0: Does <laughs> your father say to your mother, "Hey, I mean, this is free. You have free everything free right here. Come on yeah. in."
1: No, my parents were divorced. She would still always be welcome in, but he knows not to go there with her. My mom also has worked in cosmetics forever she was the ceo of a medical technology company for non-invasive skin tightening so my mom is in the business and uh she just has no interest so kudos to her
0: oh my god so when you were growing up so i mean did you always want to do so let's so tell us what you do describe what you do
1: so I I, I, i i
0: i could describe it but let's hear it from you
1: No. So I'm an on-air fashion and lifestyle expert, and I'm regularly on Hoda and Jenna, E Daily Pop, Inside Edition, and just making fashion accessible to everyone through segments and commentating on celebrity style and just showing how to wear certain trends. And it's been a really great, you know, three years of doing that. I started out as an editor at the Daily Front Row, the long-running Bible of New York Fashion Week, and being on the right carpets of the Met Ball and the Grammys, and just being that girl to interview all the celebs and designers, And when COVID hit, I was, you know, on this amazing sort of trajectory of going on all these shows and traveling between New York and LA, good morning, Washington for DC. And I loved it. I loved being on the road. But once I started, you know, being home and noticing that things were about to get really bad, I realized I had to create the opportunity instead of wait for it. And I started this daily Instagram live show called Lunchtime with Sydney, which I do each day. And I bring on a different celeb designer. And we're not just talking about fashion. We're talking about everything. And it's great because people feel less alone during their lunch breaks. And I have my book, Aim High, which is right there.
0: <laughs> How did you... Okay, there is the book. So, right. I mean, you've been on a lot of shows. And you were... I didn't realize you were traveling before, too. I mean, you've still been on some shows during COVID. Like, I've seen you. Yeah,
1: I've been doing remote segments for Hoda and Jenna and said Edition. But I was going on E, you know, every three weeks in LA in person.
0: And it's hard. Like, the segments are... Not what they used to be. Like, if it's not about COVID or politics, I think the lifestyle segments, just in general, not because of you, have really slowed.
1: Yeah, they have. You know, I host, produce, I come up with it. So, everything that I touch now is all obviously my own. But you're right. You're so right. There's a lot less of that content. And that's why I feel like Instagram right now is such a powerful tool be able to shape and tell your own stories and just reach more people. Cause I think people are paying more attention to digital and they are right now of the TV, unfortunately. How
0: did you decide to do this every day at lunch on Instagram? Cause we've had many of the same guests. We've had many of my friends on. So I but how did you decide to do this?
1: I really just felt that the moments during the day that I felt the most alone was lunch because that's when I would go to Barney's back at, you know, when Barney's was open at Fred's or LaGulu or Lur, Michaels, and I would do my networking, and I'd be meeting with people, and I just loved that element of being social, and even if you're at a nine-to-five job, a lot of people probably relate that you're going to pick up your salad or sandwich with your coworker, and it was a fun 30 minutes, and I really was missing that, so if I felt alone, I realized that a lot of others might be as well, and that's why I really wanted to make that time a little more special, and every day, you have to do things consistently to make an impact, and for me, I go big or go home.
0: Well, I have to say, I don't know who said this because I do drink vodka, even though I don't drink in quarantine. I don't know who said this, but someone said, it's a compliment to you and me, someone who knows both of us. I swear to God, I cannot remember who yeah. said that like you and I are like the only two people that like are just insane. And we both are like working night and day in COVID. I'm the same way. Like my show's five days a week I know. now. I'm like- We're the
1: queens of the pivot.
0: I'm like I don't understand. Like there's 24 hours in a day, and like I need to sleep, and it's some like there's so many people to chat with. I
1: don't sleep. I don't. I have never been busier in my life as someone who was so. Same here, right? And we went out every night, and we also balanced being able to sit at the Regency Bar and do what we did. I literally don't have. I'm not kidding you. Five minutes in my day. No, right? I first of
0: all, I have said the same thing. I have never been so busy in my life. And, like, the other day, well, not the other day, but, like, for the past month or two, I I've realized, like, I am not, like, miserable from COVID. Like, I'm miserable. Like, I, I love what I do, but, like, I am, like, miserable from work. Like, this isn't, like, a normal, like, what? I, I, the same thing. Like, it, the thing is, when you have, like, 17,000 things which are so pressing, and yeah. you're doing one, and you know you have 16 more to do, you're just like, this is too much.
1: You know something? I'm so grateful for being busy because without it, I think I would be really depressed. I have given up so much of my life. I you know, I'm 26. I'm on YouTube, you're single. Like I miss being able to go out and date and be flirty and just run around my city. So I think if I didn't have all of this work, which is also simultaneously distraction, yeah, I would feel so shitty. So I'm so grateful that I am so busy. And I'll take it for whatever it's worth right now.
0: Me too. I said that before. Like, I would be, I don't know how I would have made it in COVID if, like, I didn't have my show. Like, really? Because, like, you are talking to someone. It feels like, but I, like you, I am, I get it. Like, there is not one minute from the minute. Like, I I, I work, like, 14 hours a day. Like, it's crazy.
1: It is. I've
0: said many times, too, I don't understand how we went out and did stuff before. Like, I don't get it.
1: It's so crazy. Like, I don't even remember partially what that was like. Do you know what I mean? Like, it feels so, you know, it's like kissing a man too. I don't even remember what it feels like. Like, it's all just such a blurred, distant memory.
0: Was your last date you went on the one that I ran into you at? I
1: always forget that that was a date because I was so uninterested.
0: You didn't seem interested when I was snooping from my table.
1: I wasn't, right? That was the only date that I went on during the pandemic.
0: And I was on the phone with Patty Stanker. Not about you, just on the phone with her. And I'm like, I, I, I could get you uh, advice right now if you need it.
1: You know what? I was just, he was you very cute. Yeah, you he, didn't
0: seem into him.
1: I wasn't. He was adorable, but I just felt like something was off. And he was like thrown off by the fact that like people knew me at the restaurant. Like I was just a lot for him, I think. And he was not enough for me.
0: He wasn't for you. Do you He's only date? Do you only date Jewish boys?
1: No, I don't. I think I have a nice history of actually not dating enough Jewish boys, but- Join the
0: club, honey. Join the club.
1: Yeah, but I've been so focused on me that dating is sort of the last thing on my mind. If someone comes out of this, great. But I, I do think that when you focus so much on yourself and you're like that person who's smiling and excited and just doing you, that's when someone probably comes around. Like, I'm happy. I delete all the dating apps. Like, I feel free as a bird right now.
0: Me too, kind of. I mean, listen, I have my days, but there's many days where I'm just like, I am fine staying in. I mean, like lately, because the holidays, I'm like, okay, now I'm having a moment. But there was a good chunk where I was like, I, I'm not ready for COVID to be over because I'm so, I mean, I'm ready for it to be over. but just like, how do you pick your guests? Because, you know, my guests have gotten more diverse. It's not just reality, but you have like but my good friend, Leanne, you just had on, Miss Locken, you've had Carrie Duber, Margaret Josephs, but then, you know, Heather Dubrow, Sutton Strack, you've had all these people on, but then you have just totally, I don't know, you take a left turn, like you, you're, you're diverse. Like, how do you pick your guests?
1: You know, my interests are diverse. I think a lot of people know me as the fashion girl, but I went to school, you know, for journalism and politics. I have traveled a lot of the world, which I'm very thankful for at a young age. I've just been exposed to so many people and places that I wanted that to sort of come off in the guests that I select. So it's really just people who I'm interested in, honestly. People who I know, people who I think are doing cool things right now and have something to say and have a voice. So it's really not calculated. It's more just sort of like my creative thinking and it turns out to be what it is, which is what you said. That's kind of
0: what I say. Well, one of your guests. Please tell me all about Miss Suzanne Summers. I'm just looking. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'll like call Leanne Legend later. Suzanne. Yeah. Suzanne was
1: just so. Did it freeze?
0: Yeah, but like you know, I mean, that was the one that stood out. I mean, a lot of them stood out, but I was like, what? How'd you get Suzanne? Suzanne Summers? Summers.
1: I mean, Suzanne has just always been someone who I've loved since I was growing up and watching three Companies. I think she's really the first celebrity other than Jacqueline Smith to have really created her own brand, which I look up to. I mean, she has an incredible line of products that, you know, she she does it all. She does beauty, body, hair. I mean, makeup, she, the butt thing. Like she's done everything. And I just respect that so much, the drive, and that she still does so much at her age and all of her books. So for me, that's just someone who's kind of like, a legend and I like bringing on people who are not just young and millennials I like bringing that what older generation you know what I mean that you know more seasoned experienced group because that's who we learn from those are the pros
0: you could look like a young Suzanne Somers
1: really someone commented on my interview with Robbie Barnstead they were like you look like Sarah Jessica Parker I'm like oh my god thanks uh, <laughs> I could see that
0: I could see that too Well, speaking of which, didn't you have Jacqueline Smith on also?
1: I did have Jacqueline Smith on. I did.
0: Well, that's another one. How's, how did that go? Charlie's Angels, Oh, wow.
1: It was our first, it was her very first Instagram live. So she was freaking out. Her fans are freaking out. Everyone was really excited. And it's just fun. I think it's fun, again, to talk with someone who's more seasoned and then me who's newer and that combination of just being able to talk. But she was just such a lovely, lovely pleasure. I mean such a legend
0: those were the two that i'm like charlie's angels and three's company like i give it to you
1: there's more in that genre of people coming up for 2021 okay
0: i'm gonna be paying attention and before we go now tell us about aim high your book how did that happen when did you write a book it's right behind you.
1: Right behind me. I know. This whole like backdrop thing is very difficult to navigate. I look like I have points that is flying out of my ears.
0: I've tried so many places to have the best backdrop. I give kudos to anyone. Yours is pretty good. I'm not thrilled with mine.
1: I just don't like the degrees thing over there. But at least um, it's
0: white for the most part. It's
1: pretty white. It is. Yeah. You know, you know what? I am a journalist by trade. I love to write. I wrote hundreds, if not a thousand articles during my time at the Daily Front Row. I would do these TV segments and people just wanted more. I would get all these DMs from women and men who are like, I need more of this. I want to know that you can only get so much out in a six minute TV segment, but a book that's where you can write it all. And my book is not this long book, but it's rich and it's full of details and it's a motivational guide to helping people bring out their confidence from within and also to help them really develop their personal style. Because when you dress a certain way, you feel confident about yourself and you're able to achieve more. Even me today, I am in sweatpants with you right now, but I'm still in a monochromatic set. It's cashmere. I think it's still sophisticated. It's more elegant than if I just wore, you know, some graphic sweatshirt, whatever, like it works for me. I'm still wearing a hoop earring. So that's really what it is. It's to help people get more clarity, and to feel like they have a place to go to where they feel less alone during their fashion emergencies. But it's so much more than just a how to dress book. It's a story and it's more of talking about me and my journey, but it's not to say at 26 look at everything I've done, this is it. It's for the person who's on the journey and who wants to relate to someone in that moment of climbing versus just when they got there. You know what I mean?
0: I do. How did you, like, what did you like best about the writing process?
1: Did you like anything about it? It's a lot. I don't know if I liked the process. It was just something I had to do, and it took a lot of time. Two years to put a book together is, like, you know, it's a lot. But it was a journey, and I thank God to my mom who just sat with me, you know, trying to make sure that everything I needed to get out got out because it's a lot. It's a lot of pressure to remember everything that you want to make sure you put out there.
0: And you debuted, what are you, like number one on Amazon? Something? You were the number
1: and- one new release in my category. Yep, twice. So, so that's uh, pretty thankful. major. It was a very cool moment. I'm very fortunate for everyone who supported the book and who's been aiming high with me, honestly.
0: You need to have a book tour when this is over.
1: I've really been thankful to have some very fun virtual events where we've had a lot of people come, but yes, it would be very fun or maybe for the next book.
0: Maybe for the next book. And before we go, since it's a, you know, it ties into fashion, how would you describe your own personal style?
1: I think that it's eclectic. It's edgy with a mix of feminine, colorful, trendy, a little daring. I'm trying to be more elegant as I get older. We'll see if I ever post a bikini picture again. I'm not sure. But it's evolving. I think style should evolve as you evolve as a person.
0: Do you have like certain favorite brands or like go-tos?
1: You know what? I love mixing highs and lows. I'm all about Zara and H&M with a mix of Bottega Veneta shoes or a bag. I love Balenciaga. Like I really, what I really talk about on television is what I would genuinely wear. I'm always mixing high and low.
0: I literally, when people ask me that question, my answer is high end, low end. That's a hundred percent my answer. I Zara for like my builds is like a gift from above.
1: But it's still expensive, Zara. Like you think, yes, that, like it still like a hundred fifty dollars for the average piece that you're buying. You know, but it's a lot less than yes. If you're going to do bird dwarfs or Saks or whatever, and they do it well, they do.
0: Right. And then like my bags and my watches, I need to be high end. So that's nice. like, I, I need a bag. Like I can't, and I need a watch.
1: I, it's honestly like, I don't even go shopping that much anymore because I'm very fortunate that so many brands send me so much. Like it really is lovely, but I do, I'll still get, you know, for the holidays, I want my one bag or my shoe and I just mix and match and that's it.
0: And do you know, Zara's in trouble? I don't know how much trouble, but I read an article the other day.
1: Really? Are we doomed?
0: I don't know. Someone sent it to me because they know that I love Zara. Just Google it. Let's not panic just yet. But it was a whole article that like was like, oh my God.
1: (sighs) Oh, crazy. Let's hope not.
0: Let's hope not. Well, okay. I appreciate your monochromaticism for me today and your hoop earring. Love the high-end, low-end.
1: welcome.
0: Where can everyone find you? Everyone needs to check out Aim High. It's a great book, but where Mm -hmm. can everyone find you for these daily Instagrams?
1: Oh, you can find me on Instagram at Sydney Sadik and Aim High is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or local bookstores.
0: I love it. And when Gossip Girl comes out, you'll come back on.
1: Definitely. We'll do it again. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you for shedding light onto the Upper East Side youth. And we will talk soon.
1: I love it. Behind the Rope of the Upper East Side. There we go.
0: I love it. Thank you, Cindy. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear...